Welcome to Stories with Soul. I am your host, Jamie Ice, musician turned entrepreneur and co-founder of 6th Ave Homes and 6th Ave Storytelling. Over the past 10 years, I have launched multiple successful businesses and have become obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and marketing. I've been on a personal quest to unpack what it takes to make and grow a great brand. One thing that I've discovered is that stories are powerful and that storytelling has the power to set a brand apart. Join me as I dive into the stories of the heavy-hitting leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and business owners in our community to hear their biggest wins, greatest losses, and their best business secrets. There's a story behind every great brand. Welcome to Stories with Soul. Stories with Soul is brought to you by my company, 6th Ave Storytelling. In 2020, we launched a marketing company on a mission to encourage entrepreneurship and make starting and growing a small business easier than ever before. Since then, we have helped hundreds of small businesses and entrepreneurs grow their brands by giving them the tools, resources, strategy, and support they need to craft and share their stories. If you are thinking about launching and growing your own brand, schedule a meetup with me today. I would love to talk to you. Head over to sixthavstorytelling.com and let me show you how the storytelling approach can transform your marketing strategy. Welcome to today's episode. I am joined by have a, my, my co-host today, Melissa Ice. Hello, everyone. My, my lovely wife slash co-host. And today, in the hot seat, we have Becca Pollock and her husband, Tyler, who originally was not going to be in the podcast. You came for support, but I said, come jump in. We're putting you on the mic. You got so roped in. This is, here I am. <laughs> so this is a family affair. You're, you can be here for support and we're gonna we might we're gonna ask you some stuff as well. So Becca, I'm stoked to have you. I've wanted to have this conversation for a while. Thank uh, you for having me. So I'm gonna read your bio. Here we go. Okay. So Becca Hale Pollock is the founder and buyer at Hale House Inc. and has over 20 years of experience, uh, which is I don't know how that's possible, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. 20 years of experience in enhancing women's lifestyles through clothing and home decor. Uh, she leverages this tons of experience, 20 years, to source fashionable clothing and curated gifts alongside with expert styling advice at her boutique Hill House on Camp Bowie and then shophillhouse.com. I would say Hill House is probably one of the most popular and successful boutiques in Fort Worth. Built a huge, For sure. huge Thank social you. media following. Uh, you have a degree in retail marketing and management from the University of Arkansas, uh, and you have a focus on ensuring just great customer experience, which is which has made Hale House uh, just famous in Fort Worth. And so you you have been featured in Fort Worth Magazine, the Boutique Hub, Shops Across Texas, Paper City Magazine, ton of ton of online publications. I was Google stalking you last night. Um, <laughs> And what I love about this is, is you and you, you Tyler is, is a part of the company as well. So Tyler has a, a real estate background. We've talked about that a bunch. Uh, but, but you, you're, you're, you're in the company. Like you're in the, this is a family business yes. now. Uh, and so you, you do all the modeling in addition to the buying and running <laughs> the, the, the boutique. You'll have a huge, huge fan base. Um, and you travel the globe buying all in addition to being moms and dads of, of two super cute kiddos, no. three-year-old, <laughs> six-year-old, uh, and Bo and Mia. Yes. And so, and we also go to school to like our kids go to school together. So I yeah, see y'all every yeah. single 
morning. Um, <laughs> it's the best. So, any guys, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. Um, yes, we're happy to be here. Oh my gosh, this is so, so fun. So here's here's where I want to like start off before we like go into the story. I, I think you're you're probably my first like true kind of retail boutique you know industry person that that I've had on this. And so one of the things you you hear said a lot is like retail is dead. Mm-hmm. In in the real estate world, you have like retail is dead. You know, retail right. isn't really a thing anymore. However, <laughs> you have you know built this massive Fort Worth retail empire uh, in the past past several years. So so one, my first question is like, how does that statement make you feel? Real t- retail is dead. And then how the heck have you done this when naysayers are saying that? So when they say retail is dead, I would say the department store of retail is dead, in my opinion. Big Mm -hmm. box. Yes, except for Neiman's at Clear Fork. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think I keep it. She keeps that place in business. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I wasn't going to say it. Um, So I feel that, um, yeah, I would say the department store of retail is dead, but the women, I feel like they love to shop and come. And, and Fort Worth is such a um, a bubble community that the woman, like I feel like women love to come in and shop and play and um, buy gifts. And we we always need an outfit. There's always an event in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And so, retail itself, you're saying is not people. No. Women still want that, love that, need that. Oh yeah, I mean, I think shopping keeps me alive. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is which is. The, I mean the core the core of the business exactly yes well it's, and I think too it's the big box retail is such a come and and consume come to the thing that we've created like the idea is like if we build they will come mm-hmm. and I think what's unique about um, boutique retail and specifically someone like Becca is that people go online because they feel like you're their personal shopper. Like I have this thing coming up and I can't think about it. And so Becca's going to tell me what to wear to it. And I think that's, we're like moving in this more personalized direction where people don't, the big shiny flashy thing isn't as attractive, but someone who's curating something for my carpool pickup outfit or the TCU game that's coming up yes. and it feels personal. Yeah. Thank you. Well, I think it's about the experience, too. We were in Chicago last weekend, and we went to some of the big department stores there, and they just felt tired and oh, really? gross. And Yes. I mean, they were, they just, mm. they had great products, but it just didn't look good. No. Um, so I think what she's done such a good job of with the shop is making it feel welcoming and exciting and you know, these women come in and they see each other that they know from school and from around Fort Worth. Fort Worth's such a big, small town. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of an experience. Yeah, a community. Exactly. And so, and retail has been your passion. Passion. Like, you went you went to college for that. Yes. So take, take me back, yes. like, <laughs> Becca as a kid, as a, you know, like, when did you, when, when did you, like, start, you know, fall in love with this idea of fashion and clothing and accessories? And, and decide this is what I want to do. Because at some point, in, like in high school, I'm assuming you're like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to go to school for this. Yes, absolutely. I mean, what's that saying? It's like she, get it, she gets it from her mom. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that okay. is me. <laughs> Queenie loves to shop. And my mom, she also sewed for a little bit. She made matching jumpers for me as a little girl. Mm-hmm. And so we would really. So my dad was in the Marine Corps. 
And like our family joke is that his sister, my aunt, would say, well, y'all travel all around. You're going to all of these different places. Like, why aren't y'all doing museums and, you know, sites and places like that? And we would go to malls, you know, <laughs> yeah, truly. Like, and that okay. was the most exciting thing for us to do. It was like, it didn't, like, I was like, oh, we'd go to Washington, D.C. I'd be like, we want to do all the, you know, the historical things that you should. It would be like, where's the, where's the closest mall around here? <laughs> and so. And was this you and your mom? Well, I have my dad. Your dad? And my Does your dad like to shop? Yeah, I mean, they he he actually does. He does. He's pretty fashionable. The marine. I <laughs> yeah. love that. Oh yeah, it's kind of surprising. It really is. Yeah, I think he he likes it. Maybe more than my mom. I don't know. Maybe they equally like it. I don't know. I don't know. They're funny. Yeah, but um, no, I always say it's funny because when most girls are playing house or they're playing, you know, kitchen or they're doing those things like. I was playing store. Like I was always selling mm. things. Like I remember having a window like we, in this room, like it was my parents' office and there was this window and I set up like a blockbuster, like, and I would make my friends like <laughs> drive like, or ride their bikes outside the window uh -huh. and I, I would be like a drive through. So I would open up that window and I would sell them things like, you know, <laughs> it would be videos or I don't know why blockbuster came to mind, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. Rest in peace. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So yeah. you were like a little kid. You were playing shop. I was always so playing as shop. long I was as you always can remember selling something. And yeah. were you accessorizing oh, and oh, dressing up and changing clothes thirteen times? Oh yeah, mm. that's that where Mia me. gets it. <laughs> oh, for sure. I think Mia changed three times before school this morning. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> runs runs in the family. And yeah. so, and you you said I'm going to go to college for this. Like I, do you do you remember the moment where you're like I. I want to do this as a career. Like, was it was a dream to always have your own thing or was it for, to work in it? What, what was like the yeah, dream and vision? So this episode is sponsored by the Fort Worth Business Press. As a Fort Worth entrepreneur and small business owner, the Business Press is my favorite source for news and updates about the entrepreneurial community in and around Fort Worth. I read their email newsletter literally every day. It's always full of insights and stories that really matter. Are you ready to be more connected? Sign up for their free newsletter at fortworthbusinesspress.com. But if you're like me and the newsletter just isn't enough, you can become an insider. With the code STORYTELLING10, all one word, you'll get a discount on the insider membership. Insiders receive exclusive access to special content, 24 issues of the Business Press delivered to your door each year, and discounts on event registrations and more. Join me and the Forward Business Press in staying up to date on the people, companies, and issues that matter most to Fort Worth. I always wanted, I, I really did always want my own boutique. I really, I always dreamed of it being um, a corner boutique. I mean, I could tell you like what car I was going to drive. I mean, I could always envision it in my head before going to college. Like I wanted a boutique. I wanted a clothing boutique. Um, and so my dad, he was really adamant that I had a business degree because he was like, hmm. I, I say I would feel that, um, a lot of people were very discouraging of starting a boutique. They would always say, well, you're never going to make any money doing that. Mm -hmm. and you're not going to, you know, it, mm -hmm. it's hard. It's not, it's not easy. And I really, I didn't care. I was such, a, I'm such an optimist that I, I didn't care. It wasn't about the money. It was because I loved it and I was so passionate about it. Yeah. I worked at a boutique in Dallas called Cotton Island and I lived in Arlington growing up. So, I mean, that's a good 40 to 45 minute drive. And 
I would do that every day in the summer in high school. I would drive to Cotton Island. So in high, in high school, you're doing that. In high school. Wow. Yes. Yeah. And what can can you articulate like what it is like why you loved it so much and why you wanted to do it like what like what is it about that that was enthralling you know. I think it was just the feeling that I would. It's that emotional feeling that I would get when I would just find something new and, and really cute and um, I, and just engaging. I loved I loved the boutique aspect of working there. So I loved the people, like the I relationships. Loved, yes, the relationships. Yes, mm-hmm. for sure. And that's what Cotton Island is so great at doing is, I mean, it's a corner store. You know, are y'all familiar with Cotton Island? It's it's right across from SMU. I was going to say, yeah. Yes. It's like university. I feel um, like I am. Area. It's been in like business I'm... for 40 years. Yeah. I mean, it's... It's just it's been there for forever. Yes, and it's just so charming, like the hardwood floors and the the colors of the clothing and the smell of JD's chippery next door. I mean, it was just all of those sensory, emotional things that just sucked me in, and I just loved it. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. So from from Arlington, so grew grew yes. up here, and was there uh-huh. a was there a vision of something different? Like, were you like it? You know, part of why I want to do this is because this type of thing does not exist in Arlington, Fort Worth, Dallas. Did you have like a vi- vision of it kind of in your head? You just knew you wanted to be in that no, world. Yeah, I just knew I wanted to be in the world. I didn't really have a really clear, and that's pretty much my personality. It's like, I don't know what this is going to turn out to do or be like, but we're just going to go for it. Attack it and figure it out as we <laughs> yes. go. Yes, build the parachute on the way down. down. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. I'm like, I just like throw... What do they say? Like you throw darts at the wall and just hope they stick, or paint at the wall. I don't know. That's 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 me. <laughs> paint at the wall and chase. Hope and, it dries. And, no, and how long? How long? Y'all, y'all been together for a long time, right? Or have known yes. each other for a long time? Yes. We that met in high me? school. Oh, you met in high school? Yeah, we did. And was, was she like in high school, like accessories and dressed up and? Oh yes, I, I re- caught his eye. <laughs> <laughs> I remember the first time I saw her. Uh, it was there was it was called the Upper Gym Lobby at Martin High School. So you both went to Martin. Yes, I was a senior. She was a freshman, Uh-oh. and I Uh-oh. passed her. And I was like, I have to know who that is. Oh. And we ended up meeting, and we dated a little bit. Um, of course, I was much older, as much she loves older. to say. So, so much older. Her dad was not uh, a big fan. <laughs> At well, the time, it was probably the highlighted hair and the earrings, and oh, you we know, don't have to go there. Pika shell necklace. And you had earrings <laughs> and highlighted the- hair. I had, I, <laughs> yeah. had, I had some piercings. Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah. I can't oh wow! That. Oh yeah, I actually had gauged earrings. You yeah. did? That's yes. Like he'll, he'll try on the Hale House earrings. They it will not close up. Uh-uh. I need to see pictures of like Bad Boy Tyler. Okay. Yeah, because <laughs> oh, you, you're like boots and a pearl snap every day when I see yes. for sure. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we, we kind of went our separate ways, uh, college. I went to Stephen F. Austin. She went to Arkansas and I was in the remodeling business after I got graduated and like the manual labor side of remodeling. And we pulled up to bid a job and it was her parents' house from high school. And I was like, I don't know if I should go in for this one because I don't <laughs> think I'm very welcome here. We ended up ended up getting the job. Um, a small remodel mm-hmm. turned into the entire house, and we she was in Chicago at the time, and mm-hmm. we reconnected, and then she moved back shortly after that, and we've been together ever since. That's awesome. 
Yeah. And then and then Hale House at some point started taking off, growing, and you you did real estate for for quite a while. Yes. And you're like, I need to jump this, jump in this business. This business is like bigger than 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 what you know one one person can run like a, it, and successful enough to like to support the whole family. Like you, w- when did you jump in with it, Tyler? Day one. Oh, day well, one. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah you, pretty I much mean, been a part Tyler of it. Tyler has been one. a part of it the entire ride. But like burning the ship since, oh. you know, quitting your day job, day so day. to speak. That was... When we opened the warehouse. 21 or 22. Yeah. 21, 22. Okay. Years ago. So so let's so let's go back. So you go to school for, and, and was was it helpful? Like so you, you studied yeah. what? You studied uh, retail. Retail. Yeah. Retail. So I had to. My dad was very. Yeah. You have to have a business degree. That's crazy that retail marketing is a degree. Well, That's it cool. was more like well because I went to Arkansas, so it was Sam Walton College of Business, so uh, everything was Walmart. That makes yeah. sense. And so when it was you know retail, I'm thinking. Clothing, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, okay, if I'm taking a buying class, it's going to be on, you know, shoes, uh-huh. dresses, earrings. But no, this was like charcoal and dog food. <laughs> okay. Like supply chain. Oh, and, supply yeah. chain. I was like, oh. Was like, it good though? About, was it helpful? I mean, yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, it, it definitely was. And I took an emphasis in apparel studies. So I did have a few buying classes on other things. But um but I really do feel like a business degree helped me mm-hmm. um, make connections. And uh, I took entrepreneurship classes and things like that. So, yeah, it was helpful for sure. Yeah. You say that kind of apprehensively. <laughs> no, it was. It <laughs> as was. A, as it helpful was. as college can be compared right. to actual real life hard yeah. knocks of starting a business. Yes. Yes. And then you, when you got out of that, you, you moved to Chicago. Moved straight to Chicago. Why Chicago. I fell in love with Chicago. My dad ran the Marine Corps Marathon in Chicago. And I just remember looking out the window and going, I'm going to live here one day. Mm. And so I made I made it happen. I was like, okay, whatever I have to do. And so my parents were like, well, that's great, honey, but you have to have a job <laughs> mm-hmm. to live there. And so I did an internship at Nordstrom. And that was three months. And that's also why I learned like big box retail was... Not for me. I'm used to that, you know, boutique and really intimate feeling mm-hmm. and selling. And um, the corporate retail was not for me because of really it was like the work life balance of things, you know, getting off at 9 p.m., showing up at 8 a.m. And just mm-hmm. it was hard. And so you were on the corporate side? I was on the corporate side. Yes. Okay. yes. What were you doing? Well, it was just a three month okay. summer internship. But you're seeing Nothing behind fancy. the scenes of corporate giant. Yes. Retail. It was actually a really cool internship. They, they really, you know, I love Nordstrom and I really do feel like I apply a lot of that to Hale House, that Nordstrom Mm -hmm. approach, you know, the thank you notes, the, um, the above and beyond the return policy, you know, always assume, you know, the customer is always right. Those sorts of things, like always take care of the customer first. So I'm so grateful that I had that internship because it really, it taught me a lot of things, you know, what mm-hmm. I wanted to do and what I didn't want to do. Mm-hmm. And they're up yeah. there, like as far as like Costco and Chick-fil-A and just as far as their customer service, it's pretty, it's pretty phenomenal. It is. I just saw though, um, they just closed their flagship store in Seattle. Oh, that's so, sad. I, yeah. So, I mean, retail is dead. <laughs> <laughs> 
But not, Full circle. But, womp, not, womp. but not, not Hail House. Not Hail House. Not Hail House. <laughs> which is crushing it. Um, and I think we we met when you were living in Chicago, right? Yes. We Craziest story. I think uh, Green Ordinance was playing in Chicago, and I was flying back for something because I was by myself. Yeah. Like I was flying flying back. And anyways, I sat next to you on a plane. Yes. Like we were like in the back of the plane and started started talking and you're like, I'm from Arlington. Yeah. And yeah. I was, was the last one on the plane because always late. Here I am. <laughs> <laughs> and I was flying non rev because my dad at the time was a pilot. And so yeah, I remember just sitting down and just being like, Oh, you know, like when you finally make that flight that you thought you were gonna miss. Mm, mm-hmm. And then yeah. That was probably twelve years ago. At least something like that. I you were in Chicago. I, mean, I was. Though. I was. I was like still. I think I was only maybe like a year in. So I mean, I bet it was like 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's yeah. that's wild. And then I remember when you the airstream you opened up and it got the airstream. I was like, oh, yes. that's that's yes. that's <laughs> Becca who I sat next to on the plane and yeah, and so following it's so along. So wild. That's from, crazy. Life is so crazy. Um, oh my gosh. So take take us to the birth of Hale House. The idea, the name, like, t- like, what was that process like? So, speaking of the Airstream, so when I was still living in Chicago, I told myself I had a three-year plan in Chicago. I was like, I'm just going to be here at least three years, and then I'll move home. And about six months before I moved back is when we reconnected. Mm-hmm. And so that was just even more, you know, ammo to come home. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um Let's see. So I moved back. Oh, but my dad bought an Airstream on eBay. And this was right when the food trucks and, you know, the traveling pop-up stores were starting to happen. And so... He bought it for you or for himself? Well, I mean, it was for me, but, like, also I think it was for himself because he thought they were really cool. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's a 1955 Airstream bubble. So this thing is 13 feet long. Like mm-hmm. it's teensy tiny. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all in original condition. So it wasn't one that he would. So when I say it's for himself, it's because he didn't buy just like this piece of junk that you would mm-hmm. just retrofit, you know, to put clothing in. It was like, yeah. no, no, no. Like Tyler, sweet Tyler here would load up his truck and the Airstream of junk that I would find that I thought were just really special treasures. <laughs> <laughs> and we would go and set up at the... Uh, just any pop- parking lot that would take us <laughs> pretty much yeah all all the title company parking lots the real estate my mom would obviously Remax. help help out and yeah. we would because your parents are in real estate and so yes. you were going to title companies oh, yeah. we were going to title yeah. companies and doing pop-up pop shops up. and we'd pack it all in there and then we'd get there and set it all up and display it and sell it try to yeah <laughs> so but but at some point you were like uh, we need an airstream. Like, where did that? I like. Well, we're gonna call it Hill House. Like, when did when did that become? Just walk me through. Like, sh- and even your dad buying on eBay. At some point, mm-hmm. you had to say, "Dad, I went to school for this. Can you buy me?" Like, what was that process like? Well, my dad's always been a great encourager. So mm-hmm. and so, I think that he bought that knowing like that was on like the okay on the horizon of businesses opening where you know these pop up stores. And so he's like, "Okay, I bought it." And so it's kind of like, okay, well, I better do something with it now. Because they knew from day one you wanted your own store. Your yes, own thing. yes, yes. I mean, my parents are a huge part of our success story. I mean, truly. And your parents, mm-hmm. too. I mean, oh, I know I'm so emotional. I could, like, start crying. But it's, like, it's really cool just how motivating and supportive they are. Um 
when yeah. you have this crazy idea yeah. to take an airstream around and set up pop-up shops. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, my mom was always the one, no, Becca, you need to sell healthcare insurance and you get a company car and you'll make this amount. And, you know, mm-hmm. and my dad was like, is that what you want to do? I'm like, no. He's like, well, follow your heart. Mm-hmm. So I did. And I mean, it was always owning a boutique. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So we get the Airstream. Awesome. Well, I come home for, I, at first I come home and I didn't, I was tired of living at my parents, which was really silly. I should have just stayed there because I was just, my mom was like, are you working? I'm like, yeah, I'm a tan in your pool. <laughs> yeah. <And> she's <laughs> like, no, honey, you got to get a job. So, um, and I wanted my own place to live. So, um, I go and we, we tour apartments. And so I get a, I get an apartment at the lofts at West seventh, you know, Mm -hmm. and that was right when West seventh was really, you know, it wasn't a ghost town anymore. It was really coming up. And, um, this guy was like something, one of the guys, one of the leasing agents, he was like, yeah, this is actually so-and-so's last day. And mom goes, Oh, so you need somebody, you need somebody to work here. And he was like, well, actually, yeah, we're hiring. She's like, all right, Becca, you got your interview tomorrow. <laughs> and like, that is exactly what I did. Oh, so you were, you worked the leasing. I work. Yes. So in order to pay my rent, yes, I went to work for Lincoln properties Okay. and, um, yeah, leased apartments, which was, you know, it was kind of fun. I love it. Mm-hmm. I loved meeting new people. I didn't mind it. Um, well, and you can sell anything. I feel like I could I talk like- to anybody. <laughs> <laughs> you could talk anybody into anything. Into anything yeah. yeah. Oh, look at these granite countertops. Ooh, fancy. <laughs> but on the weekends and nights, y'all are carrying this Airstream around. And you yes. were doing like antique kind of stuff? Like it was yeah. furniture, more furniture? Yeah. So decor. I did it because like clothing is just a, another beast because you, just your investment is, is larger. Like you, you know. In clothing? In clothing, just because you're buying more... Um, uh, like you have Inventory. to have, yes, you have to have more quantities Quantity. of things. So like at least the business, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, but really I would say like the pivotal point where Hale House really became a thing was I was so tired of leasing these apartments and the, um, the building with the airplane on a pole. Mm-hmm. On Montgomery Street, came up for lease. Mm-hmm. Next to next Taco Heads. Yes, next yeah. door to Taco before Heads. Before Taco Heads. Before, before Taco, Taco Heads. Heads. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. Before Dickies. Before Dickies. Yeah. I mean, just this little. The nut shop was there. The what? The nut shop. Yes, the nut shop. I don't know what it's called, but that was there. Yes. Yes. And so, I mean, we looked at it, and it. It's four hundred square feet. You can touch the front and back wall like this. Yeah. Tiny. Tiny. And you said so, the airstream up there. Yes. And we just camp out there like all day, like. Yeah, I mean it had a great parking lot. So mm-hmm. I mean, really, the average, what I loved about that location was the, the marketing aspect. I loved the airplane, and the mm. airplane, you know, that meant a lot to me because my dad and my brother are both pilots. Mm. So I always loved that, and then the airstream could be up there, and yeah, then I could put all my my junky stuff in there. And so you were going to like. Like garage sales oh, and yeah. flea markets. Oh, and- yeah. I mean, I made Tyler pick up this nasty old chair once off the side of the road. I was like, babe, let's get it. <laughs> we're going to turn it into something. You and know? Were, people, were people buying the stuff? No. Oh. Well, actually, actually, it was it was one of those like great ideas, but we never really fixed it up to sell it, you know? Uh-huh. So it just lives in our storage unit. You still unit. have it? I think we finally Possibly. got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did. I started out in vintage things. So I love, I've always loved antiquing, garage sales, mm-hmm. estate sales, as my 
Papa would call them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Round Top is like a really special place for Tyler and me. And um, so I really just started out like that. And then Home and Gift, because I felt like Home and Gift, like a candle is going to fit everybody. You know, a pair of earrings, like that's very... It didn't. I felt like I didn't have to turn it over as quickly yeah. to, um, I don't know, to make a business. And then I just remember sitting around with all my girlfriends at a happy hour one time. And I was like, man, I just really wish I could be more like Cotton Island, this mm-hmm. boutique where I started, where it started. Because what, what you're known for is fashion and clothes now. Yes. So it's kind of, it's yeah. like, I vaguely remember the antiques and stuff, but yeah. But in my mind, you're like the style icon of, of Fort Worth. Oh, you're and too so, kind. So, it's, so at some point you said, <laughs> right. I want to pivot. Yes. And I was like, well, let's just give it a whirl. Let's try it out. And so, yeah, I went down to Harry Hines and tried a few pieces of clothing and then they started selling. And I was like, wow, okay. Like selling more that so than the vintage stuff. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, and I was selling, it wasn't all vintage. So it was like, it was hand towels okay. and decorative pillows. Yeah. And these were new things. So mm-hmm. a lot of it was new too. Yeah. And then I was selling these platters, like <laughs> these, it was so wild. And like, my mom was like, oh yeah, honey, you got to have all these casserole dishes. And like, Neither of us even cook, but they were cute because <laughs> they had little accessories that went on uh-huh. them for every holiday. So once I learned that I could sell something that had more margin per square foot or per mm-hmm. square footage, yeah, that's really when I was like, okay, no, it's shifting into clothing. Like, why would I take up so much retail space in my store? Yeah, with big, clunky big yeah. platter. And yeah. then I'd have to store the platters. I mean, it was ridiculous. Are you a small business owner or an entrepreneur? Do you do marketing for a small business? If so, I have something that I want to give you and it's totally for free. We've put together a free resource at sixappstorytelling.com slash download. And it's the secrets, it's the tips, it's the tricks, it's the tools of the trade. It's literally everything we do at Six App Storytelling to help small businesses grow. Go download it today at sixappstorytelling.com slash download. But then you figured out how to do trade accounts and wholesale. And and so you kind of already have your feet wet there. Yes. And yes. so that's nice because you didn't have to walk walk up to a market and then they're like, you, do you have a badge or a wholesale account? Right. You're like, what's a wholesale? You know, exactly. so you like had your feet wet there, understood that process, and you're able to transfer into something Yes. That you yes. are more passionate about. Yeah, for sure. And when I lived in Chicago, after the internship ended, I knew I didn't want to do corporate anymore. So I worked at a market. It was called Style Max at the time. And I met a woman and she came into the booth. We were selling graphic tees and um, she needed a, she needed somebody to work and I needed a job. And so I ended up working for her for two and a half years, okay. almost three years. And I did buying and marketing with her as well. So I feel like that trained me, you know, on how to buy clothes. Cause we were buying a lot of clothing at mm-hmm. that time, but in the early days you were buying a lot of clothing. Yes. At vintage charm in Chicago. Oh, okay. Okay. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So I had experience there, but I just, I started for myself with home goods. Yeah. And, and, and would you, so w- would you, was it hard? Was it working? Were you like, this is working with, or did it start working when you did, when you brought in clothes? Once I brought in the clothing. And yes. what was, what was like, were you like, why, why are we doing this? Is like, um, what, what was going through your head in that season? 
when we brought in the clothing? No, no, before, like. Oh, before we brought in the clothing? Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, there, would there be... were long days of sitting on a cold, hard stool. Yep. And I would bring her lunch every day. <laughs> every I was day. working at Montgomery Plaza at the time selling mm -hmm. condos. Mm -hmm. So I would take my lunch break, pick up lunch, take it to her, and go back. Um, yeah. But I mean, there were days when nobody would come in. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was hard. I mean, I was lonely. Crickets. I'm a people person. I'm like, where are the people? Where are the people? <laughs> Hello, anybody out there? Yeah. And really, Instagram just kind of started. I mean, it wasn't because, like, I'm a Facebook baby. Like, mm -hmm. Facebook came out the year that mm -hmm. I, like, my first year in college was the first year of Facebook. Mm -hmm. So, I remember, okay, yeah. yeah. We're, then, the same, we're, the, we're the same age, right? I think so. 37, I'm 37. Yeah. yeah. So there's like our freshman year, Facebook came out. Yeah. This is this crazy thing. You had crazy. to have the EDU. Right, right. Yeah. Account. Yes. Exactly. So when Instagram came out, I was, it was new. So I wasn't, you know, I didn't really trust it at the time. And then I started dabbling in it. And then it was like, okay, you know. Yeah. Started using Instagram to promote my. And did that work? Like, to how, how did. did you do that? Well, just take pictures of the store and pictures of my jewelry, things like that. And then I started noticing, okay, when I post this, that I'm here, people start coming to the store and then that product sells. Mm -hmm. And then, and then it was like, okay, we, I think either, no, my lease wasn't up yet. I just remember wanting, to, I needed more space. And so that's when the location on Camp Bowie came up. It was a Papa John's. Yeah, it was a Papa John's. Pizza. That was a Papa John's. No way. It was way. a Papa John's. It was disgusting. It was so gross. Really, and the, and so you you needed a bigger space. Needed more because space. you were people because it was working now. So you're yeah. you're set. You're selling clothes and they're moving. Yes, yes, yes. And we just needed more space. I mean, it, the 400 square feet is tiny. Yeah. It was getting. It was so this cool. Papa John's comes up and you're like, this is this is it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was my vision. It was a corner store hmm. in a neighborhood. You know, I yeah. wish we could find she when I had a house in Arlington, she would stay we would stay up at night and she would doodle. And we had this one sheet that I can picture in my head and mm -hmm. she had drawn her store with black and white striped awning and the Airstream. And I mean, everything like it was like a vision board almost mm -hmm. that came to life. And I wish we could find that piece of paper because mm -hmm. that's really cool. How really how cool. important has is that or has that been to your success of just having this vision? Like when it gets hard, when it gets, you know, challenging, like this is what I'm doing. Here's where we're going. I mean, it's everything. I mean, just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just having, I, that's just, I can't imagine it any other way, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Right. Like I just, yeah. Because I'm a planner but I'm really not like I'm a very like and I know that's not helpful for anybody that's listening that wants to, you know, <laughs> open their own boutique. But I mean, I would say what's more helpful as, as if you want to open up your own boutique or store is just working in the business before you just decide that that's what you want to do. Yeah. You know, learning from the ground up, just be, being in it and Get your knowing. feet wet. And yeah, yeah. Like, you know. Well, I think you also you got to experience a little bit of a lot a little bit of a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. And from that, you were able to pull together kind of this cocktail of what you don't want to do, what you do want to do. You know, it's like I'm not big box, but I am a thank you girly, you know, yeah. and so I'm going to send <laughs> yeah. thank you notes. And, you know, I'm not Cotton Island because we're not going to maybe have the same demographic of people. Yes. But 
let's be a staple in our hometown. And, you know, you got to kind of pull those things together of what you would do, what you wouldn't do, what you would buy, what you wouldn't buy. Yes. And I think that's, I don't know. I think that's really, if someone's listening and they want to start a thing and they're starting from scratch, you don't even know what you want to do, what you don't want to do. Right. Do you, and then I think that's fun is that if you start with platters, and say you do want to do online, you don't realize how much it costs to ship platters. Oh my gosh. You know, until you're, or until you're storing them and in inventory and shelving, yes. you know, where do you put shelf? Where do you put big, huge, clunky things? Exactly. And you need a lot of shelf to do that. And so yes. just all those tiny things that you got to learn along the way to help you start, by the time you started your own thing, it seems like you're not starting from zero. You are able to start something with some tools in your tool belt and you can be successful at it. Yes. Yes. For sure. And so y'all did this big renovation. I'm assuming you did a big renovation if it was a Papa John's. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. And Tyler did there, it. There you was, did it? You GC'd it? Oh, yeah. So that's that's kind of where the remodeling background came into play yeah, with Hale House. Um, there was flour. The The ceiling tiles were covered in flour dust. and Interesting. Pizza sauce. Oh, it was gross. It was disgusting. But yeah, we went in and kind of created the floor plan of the the corner piece and we replaced all the ceiling tiles with vintage uh metal ceiling tiles from what's that place called old home supply oh, yeah. supply yeah which we still have if anybody needs metal ceiling tiles we have a lot of them really <laughs> by the way um <laughs> and yeah we selling. just we made the space work and uh open that up did you, take, did you get a bank loan for that? Like, did you, because that's a bigger, you're, you're taking a giant jump going from 400 square feet to a corner spot on, on Camp Bowie. Camp Bowie. Mm-hmm. I opened up a credit card. Okay. So that was really, <laughs> that was my loan. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was my like, yeah. Um, no, we didn't do a bank loan. Well, and, you know, Luckily, being in the remodeling business, we had contacts and we were able to do everything on our own pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. her parents and Becca and I were had rollers and we were painting the concrete floors before we opened it up. So no we yeah. did a lot of the work ourselves. Right. Yeah. And then um, that was, what, 1,400 square feet? Mm-hmm. And then whenever COVID hit is when we did the expansion and online kind of all at the same time. So you weren't doing online before COVID? Not much. Oh, we were dabbling in it. We were interested. And we had a website and a domain. Mm-hmm. But I really wasn't taking it very seriously. Okay. Mm-hmm. Just because I really love that in-store experience. Yeah. You like talking to people. You like uh, come in it. and let me charm you. Yeah. And Where are you going this weekend, Style girl? you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, girls trip. Okay. Okay. You need this dress, this dress, you know. Yeah. yeah. And that's why people like, like, that's part of it. That's part of You, you just said earlier, like, it, it's an experience versus just coming in. Yes. Yes. It's a part of it is getting the Becca experience. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> And so it starts, so new location, new store, is it, and it's going, it's taking, it's going well, it's not going well, like, it was it? No, it was going well. Um, and you pivoted now, you're doing way more yes, fashion Yes, way more clothing, yes, because then I had to fill the space, and so we were still dabbling in a little bit of, you know, pottery, or not pottery, but... Um, home stuff. Right, home stuff, and um, 
And then I started just going to more apparel markets and really focusing on that. And Tyler built out every single like face out and clothing rack that we've pretty much ever had at Hale House. You built them all? Yes. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, he built all my jewelry stands and jewelry. Yeah. So. That's huge. It's like custom. Oh, so custom. (laughs) Yeah. Joe, our contractor, built the cash wrap out of vintage doors. So the cash wrap was vintage doors, and we put a piece of glass on top. Mm -hmm. Oh, and then we had my papa's. um, So my dad's dad, Earl, he had a grocery store in Arkansas, in Nunley, Arkansas, called Hales. Imagine it. Aww. Yeah. Hales Grocery. And so he had a, it was like a bean, it was like a counter, it was part of his counter from his grocery store. And um, have you seen those where they're like, it's glass on the front and there's little, there's drawers on the backside. So they put like, get your beans and all of mm. these, yeah. you know, different things. And so, but that was part of it too. So. And that was actually I your grandpa's. It was actually that's his, yeah. cool. Yeah, that's super cool. That's really cool. And so, and so, how, okay, walk me through how how it works. Y'all, a second ago, y'all were talking all this inside retail language. <laughs> I know, right? But so, what, like, where do you go? Where do you go buy stuff? Because you were talking about trade accounts and markets, and well, she knows and, more than me. And all this, like, <laughs> so how how does that work? So, like, where do you go get? There's like a so you're buying tell a about Vegas and oh yeah, so. Mar- um, like, where are you finding all this stuff? Because you, because you're kind of in in my mind, and and again, I'm not, I'm, I don't know a ton about this, this but you're going and finding these things, and you're curating it, yes, mm-hmm. and bringing it back here, yes. So how are you? Where you're am not, I you, going? You're not making it, right? I'm not. No, you're not. You're not. You're not making. She's buying stuff. it. No. Yes. You're buying like the it all. finder, curator, and you're the buyer. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. I love buying and finding those crazy things and. So I'm going to, uh, my first market I ever went to was for Hale House was um, New York Home and Gift. I did New York Home and Gift. I love that show. It's a really good show. Um, Chicago, Style Max. I do a lot in Dallas. Dallas is like a really great market. Mm -hmm. It's really getting better. Um, Atlanta, Vegas. Love Vegas. So you're traveling to all these places. Yes. To Source stuff. To source it. Because they just, have there's shows. Not like, there's not like, here's a website. No. No. They do now. They have a yeah. they have a website. You can just, you know, for apparel and certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then and it's LA. It's like round top days. It's like you're yeah. going to the field at round top and you're digging, digging until you find. Which is why I was asking her if she had a buyer or if she's the buyer. Because that's a laborious, intensive job. But yes. obviously you want the person doing it to be visionary and be creative and all of that but sometimes when people have boutiques they would hire someone to do the buying because that's a big piece of the job right and it's yeah it's digging and finding and finding the right pieces and all of that and that's not even like the business side of sizing and how many of each size you get but I just think that's really cool because it's like Hale House still has you as the heartbeat of it (laughs) if you're the one buying you know yes well I love it because I want to be passionate about what I'm selling. So if I if I bring it home and then I have to basically convince all of these women that they need this top. They have to have those shoes. Mm-hmm. They have to have this accessory because it makes them feel great and look great. And, mm-hmm. you know, so I, I love to be passionate about that. And then once we started growing, I, I started bringing in, you know, other 
not other buyers, but I, I started bringing in employees. And I really thought that was so important because then she felt this ownership over it whenever mm-hmm. those items would come in she'd be like, oh my gosh, I picked this shirt out, you know? So then she was able to go to the floor and have that connection with the customer and, you know, hey, did you see this top? It's so cute. Look at this. You can wear it this way and with these jeans or shorts or whatever. Yeah. And so, but I always do now. I always take a buyer with me because one, I just can't remember at all. Um, Yeah. And how and you how, how are you having to order a lot of pieces? I'm assuming there's like minimum. So or... the side of retail. So I'm in fast fashion. So okay. um, I buy differently than some boutiques if they're higher end. So mm-hmm. my for fast fashion, basically everything comes in six pieces. So okay. it's two smalls, two mediums, and two larges. And that's why it was so scary for me starting out because I'm like, oh my gosh, am I going to find six women? that like this exact same top and are they going to be two of them? Are they going to be a size small? Are they going to be a medium? And are they going to be a large? Mm -hmm. And when I was on Montgomery street, the answer was probably not because one, I didn't have any traffic coming to me, you know? (laughs) Um, but once I got bigger, then it was easy, you know, or once we moved to uh, camp Bowie, it became easier because there's just more foot traffic, more foot traffic and more, um, just, I was more visible. Like people could, see, you know, they knew, I was right across from Kincaid's, right across from Kite's Cleaners. You know, I was on the bricks, yeah. which I think is important. And, and how, so, you, so you, let's say you go to Atlanta, you go to New York. And uh-huh. Like, I'm going to buy this, I'm going to buy this. And there's all these different vendors. And then do they ship it back to your place? Yes. Does that happen quick? Does that happen? So it just depends. For, for me in fast fashion, yes. Most of their things are immediate. So mm-hmm. they'll be there and six weeks some of it will beat me home Mm -hmm. um just kind of depends like if i go to a gift market in january i'm buying for christmas in january so like but then it'll ship to me in july okay so So it just kind of depends on what market i'm going to and and it's a part part of your so so one you're good at this because a lot of people like open boutiques and they mm-hmm. fail or like they just they don't have good taste right and so i think part of <laughs> part yeah. of your success is one you have really good taste and then two like people want your taste and then you, you're kind of you're kind of your own customer right yes like are you buying you're buying for you yes essentially mm-hmm. so you are you're like um She's the avatar of her yeah. business. Yes. Yeah. You're yeah. like you're like the Blake Lively. I don't know if this, that's the right. But like every like people want to dress and look like like you. Is that a, is that a, that's a good? That's so sweet. A good, I would sure, love to look like great. Blake like a fashion, yeah. I, you know. Yeah. Like asp- an aspirational. Yeah. Uh, someone I want to. <laughs> Jamie's really into fashion. Yeah. So. What? so you are though. <laughs> Yeah, I I, I, yeah. I I like I like. Yeah. it's like I I wear I'm not wearing a tape. I wear white t-shirts almost every day because I saw Tom Cruise in Top Gun and I, he had t-shirts and jeans. I'm like I want to be Tom Tom Cruise. So you're gonna dress <laughs> like him. Yeah, that's so, right. So but you, but you are that like so you're kind of shopping for your, yourself. Yes. In many ways, like you're your own customer. Kind yes, of. yes. So I would say I am my target customer. You know. Mm-hmm. middle 30s I've already said my age but you know mid 30s mom you know uh, may have kids or may not um she works either she works from home or she has a nine to five um you know she loves to celebrate her friends she 
you know, wants to look young, but feel good about herself and, you know, still be cute and look cool, be cool. Um, you know, so I try to problem solve, like when I'm buying for people, I'm like, I want them to feel great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And you're buying for events that are specific to this time, you know, general time period. Like they're going to be going to weddings and baby showers and or the rodeo or the rodeo mm-hmm. or they can yeah. wear this to work and carpool, drop off, pick up all these things. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So when, at what point did it kind of start to explode? And did you like crack the code on this mm-hmm. machine, so to speak? COVID. COVID? Truly. So before COVID, it wasn't. I mean, it was. I mean. COVID was a blessing in disguise. Yeah. It kind of forced, um, it forced the focus on e-commerce and. Because you weren't doing that before. Not much. Well, she said she was, but it was probably not as. not a ton. Yeah. I didn't have a need. I didn't really have a need to. Like the store was, you know, thankfully doing so well that I didn't. And I didn't have the brain space for it. So I wasn't, you know, I was so focused on the store and, you know, I was doing the displays. I was, I was doing the, you know, the buying, the merchandising, all of those things. And we had Bo and I was pregnant. And so I really just didn't have the capacity to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, you, had, you had made a great boutique experience. Yes. And that was my goal. That's all mm-hmm. I really, truly wanted. I mean, that's all, you know, it was just yeah. the store. Um, and then when COVID happened... I mean, we didn't have an option, you know, I was like, because you had to pivot, I had to, had to pivot. Were you freaking out? Was it like the stuff go really slow? We're like, well, I just had a baby and both of y'all's income is now. Well, no, I was, I was still doing real estate. Yeah. yeah. So Tyler, Tyler was still doing the real estate more full time. And, um, we had just had a baby. I, four days before the lockdown, like literally, like we were let out of the hospital and then four days later, like it was, you know, mask shutdown. And so, oh my gosh, you know, me being the optimist, I was like, well, I have to get all of these goods from because, you know, I'm hearing like, oh, OK, like they're stopping the boats from China. And I'm like, well, I'm fast fashion. That's where a lot of my goods come from. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking, well, I have to call all of my vendors in L.A. and get the goods here because I'm going to need something to sell. You know, yeah. And then I'm talking to Doug. He's my like consult, my buying consultant, and um, he's like, Becca. He's like, I love your optimism, but people aren't going to be buying. They're not going to be spending. And I'm like, What? Yes, they are. (laughs) Of course they are. Mm -hmm. Like they're going to need things, you know. But I wasn't even thinking like that. I was thinking I had to get the goods rather than stop the goods. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, and where most people are probably like putting their head in the sand and you're like, we're going to keep going. Yes. Yes. I mean, I do think COVID was a really good out for a lot of people, Yeah, you know, because the boutique world was like, it was getting so saturated, you know, just like you had these ideas you're like, ah, but it was like an easy out. Like if it wasn't working, then it was like, oh gosh, COVID just really took me down. I'm like, well, you know, it could have, but also like that was not going to be an option for me. (laughs) <laughs> no, we, I remember, uh, being at home and I mean, at that time it was two weeks, right? So we didn't know what mm-hmm. the future of COVID was going to be, but we knew that we couldn't open up the store mm-hmm. and we had employees that were counting on a paycheck and Becca was like, we have to do this. This stuff has to go online. 
-hmm. And, you know, we kind of redirected focus into the website and we were doing photo shoots at, at our house mm -hmm. with our kids at home, like just trying to figure out how we were going to make this work and get this, get the goods online. And were were y'all doing as many photo shoots as you, you weren't doing that. And were you doing Instagram yeah. as much as you, is, is, is that really when you started like really doubling down on on the Instagram, yeah, social um, media and stuff. We had already started the Instagram. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we were we were kind of going in that direction, but yeah, I mean, Instagram huge was huge for us too. And but. when COVID happened, you're saying, did you already have e-commerce set up? Like you had a Shopify account or something that was yes. already there? It was already in place. Okay, so that was good, and we knew how to upload products. Like the foundation was already there. Like yeah, and I mean, we would try launches, and we would try like launching 10 items at a time and things like that. And it just, it just fell flat. We, we just didn't figure it out really. And so COVID when we were shut down in store, I mean, it really gave us time because my, I only had two employees at the time. And mm -hmm. so if I had two employees, well, when customer, you know, the store was so busy, customers were coming in, they didn't have time to focus on the customer, which is always first in the retail store yeah. or, you know, either put it online. I'm like, well, guys, like we can't just try to put this online if we're not going to be there for the customer. Like it just was such a catch 22. So really when COVID happened, it just, it allowed us to focus on the online. Mm -hmm. And then once that started taking off. The online customer, cause they're a customer too. Yes. But it's hard to do yeah. it all at once. So it was really kind of cool because then what we started doing was the in-store pickup and so when we were selling, so a lot of our first customers online are local girls or mm -hmm. local women. And so they would come and pick it up in the store. And so now, you know, a few years later, a lot of our business still comes from local pickups. Mm -hmm. And so it's also a great tool to drive them into the store. Mm -hmm. And what, what did you do that worked so well? For the online? Yeah, for the online business scaling and growing like what did what did you because I, I in my mind I have this like I want to I'm, I'm gonna try to articulate it here a little bit I want to see I want to hear what you say first like what did you do that went so well um I mean truly I I think I I started getting in front of the camera more mm -hmm. and I started modeling it and putting it on and um and doing launches launches were huge for us like having a curate curated selection that launched every week Mm -hmm. so, um, so every single week, every Thursday, you're at doing 8 a launch, yeah. which mm -hmm. is like here's a, a limited amount of clothes. Yes, a, a new line. Is it a line? What's the collection? A collection. Yeah. So this week, here's our new outfits, uh -huh. things you could buy. Yes. Mm -hmm. Curated by me. Yes. Uh, and it's it's limited, right? There's there's only yes. there's only six of each. Is that? Well, uh, we're at a different place now, um, and that's just been a a real journey. No. <laughs> Figuring out how much goes online, how much is in store, yeah. things like that. So now we, I mean, where we would go and, you know, starting out, it would be one pack, so six. And so now, I mean, there's some things we have, you know, six to eight to 12 packs of. But there's still not, it's still a finite amount. And once that's gone, it's gone, it's right? It's gone, yeah. And that's, so in my mind, like part of y'all's, the secret magic thing, I don't know if it's secret, it's magic that you've tapped into is is literally every week of like, here's this new collection mm -hmm. and it's going to be gone. You get it right now. It's going to be yeah. gone. We're not, it's not a ton. It's not overwhelming. It's just this specially curated 
And then it's like this, it, it keeps people coming back too. Yes. And then there's a rush. They have to get it now because it's going to be gone in two weeks. Right. And, and it that, will be. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> we pray. I've well, gone back. And, and so I'm you, like, you shoot, weren't doing gone. these sort of launches then. No, no. Well, I didn't have enough inventory. Mm-hmm. So I was holding products. I was, you know, saying, okay, we're going to launch these 10 items. And then I would hold, if I had 10 items, I mean, I'd hold 60 pieces of clothing, you know, for like a week. Cause then you have to put it online as a process. Mm-hmm. You have to measure it. You have to photograph it. You've got to write a, a description about it. You know, all of the things it's, it takes a lot of time. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't afford to hold all of that product you know, in the back, I didn't even have a back. Because you know? you're yeah. in the shop. You're sitting there in the shop. You're, right. You're, you got to man the cash register. You're got to right. customers. So you yes. don't have time to literally do this like photo shoot and upload it and put it on social media. Yes. Yes. So I would say but like COVID forced you to do that. COVID totally. Yes. You're stuck yes. at home. Yeah. 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 And then, yeah. So then we hired uh, a marketing girl. Yes. And she kind of helped, I guess, streamline the process mm-hmm. and kind of came up with some ideas on how to market everything. And um, she uh, she wasn't there very long, but I think that she left an impact with some totally. of her ideas that, um, that kind of helped. Like the reels. It was right when reels started coming out, mm-hmm. you know, so... She would say, okay, like, you need to go get in front of the camera. You need to, you know, put this dress on and dance. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, gosh. (laughs) Here we go. And so I would. And then, you know, she would take a boomerang and then she would just put it all to music. And we're still doing that. And I'm so happy to be doing it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what we're going to do when we leave here. Yeah. Were you apprehensive about putting yourself on camera that much and yourself? I mean, yes and no. I don't, it's kind of, I don't know how to explain it. Like, yes, to some extent, because it's exhausting to be very honest. You know what I mean? It's like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, I know that's what it takes because I really, it's that, it's that bond, obviously, you know, with my consumer because my consumer is not all in my store anymore. And so I'm, you know, at home now we do it at home and, um, I don't know. You're, I mean, I love it, but I don't. You're trying to give them the same experience that they would get in store mm. from the website. Right. And you okay, want them to have point. the same feeling that they would have in the store when they're only seeing it on a screen. Yeah. So I'm not afraid of of the camera. You know, I mean, obviously. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean come on. I mean, I love it. I, yeah. I do. I mean, I truly, I love engaging with people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but the apprehensive part is just like, I get kind of scared. I'm like, gosh, aren't they sick of seeing me do that? Like, I don't know. I just, mm-hmm. I'm like, aren't they tired of that? Or like, I'm tired of it. Like, yeah, but they're not it's like, well, they're not, they're buying from their friend who they trust. And for the Fort Worth customer, it's someone that they've known for a long time. who's not going to lead them astray. And so I think that your input and kind of almost the storytelling aspect that goes into it is what people need. And if you think about it, especially if the avatar is someone like you who's has a million, a hundred million things going on and forgot to make lunches this morning and all the things. And it's like, we all have decision fatigue now. And so to be able to not have to think about another thing, but to have you kind of help, help me walk that, walk me through that process. Yes. um, 
it's almost like you're helping me more right. than anything else. And so I don't think people get tired of being helped and well, especially you. with someone they trust, you know? Thank and you. so, but I think that yeah. that's a testament to the longevity of your company too. As we were just talking about, people did fold during COVID mm-hmm. and and they're not, they're not here. They're not on this podcast. And I would say, I <laughs> love it. Like, so at I, I, Six Avenue Storytelling, we help entrepreneurs and small business market and tell their story and all of that. And I'm constantly, like, I, I'm a big believer in two, two principles. One, a business with a face has soul. And faces, people trust people. People buy from people. Yes. Put your face on there. I tell people, I tell my, my, my entrepreneurs all the time, put your, and they, there's always this apprehensiveness. Like, mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I don't want to make it about me. I want to make it about the product. Right. Uh, but you're a testament of like, to Melissa's point, like people trust you. And when they see your face, one, you're sort of their Tom Cruise. You're there. You're, they're, you're <laughs> like, she's, she's, she's my aspirational fashionista. And then two, they, they trust you. They know you. And you're reinf- like, if you go to your website, like, I think it's incredible. Your face is everywhere on your everywhere. website. And it's every, every, <laughs> it's everywhere on your Instagram. Yeah. And so you have like, there's sort of this magic combination of like, I am putting myself out there. I'm going to be my own customer. I'm going to show people, here's how good it looks. And it's going to be limited and it's going to be special and it's going to be curated and it's going to be gone. And you better be checking it. When do you all launch? It's Wednesdays? Thursdays at 8. Thursdays. Thursdays at 8. You know. Thursdays at 8 p.m. Central. And people, there's this sort of like, it's it's almost like this, it's like lotto tickets. You kind of have to, you got to check it every. Right, right. Every, and so you've, you've created this kind of magic formula. Monster. No. Formula monster. And, and so, which happened in, on COVID kind of by accident. Sure. And Instagram, yeah. I mean, and you have, you, Hale House has 86,000 followers on Instagram now mm-hmm. and another 11,000 on, on Facebook. So that's, we're talking like 100,000 people are, are following to say, what's she going to post next? What's, and it's, yeah. and it's, you're putting yourself like, I, I would love, like, you're my example of like, just trust me, please put yourself out there yeah. and do that. Like, you know, and now you probably go, you have 100,000 people who know your face. You don't know 100,000 people. No. But they know who you are and they trust you for their fashion advice. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think in the crowd. So you kind of this, you sort of stumbled on this. Yes. Formula. Yes. Sure. So what, what, ha- like when were you like, oh my gosh, this is, people just bought all our stuff online. Like what, what was that like? I mean, it's, it's overwhelming. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's such a, it's a wonderful, overwhelming blessing, truly. Mm-hmm. Um, I f- well, I feel like we, as it has grown, we have just tried to figure out how to keep up and what's next. Sustain it. And, you yeah. know, we, we kind of went in or focused on e-commerce in 2020. We also expanded the, t- the store in 2020. The space next to us became available and because we, someone went out of business. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which and is the, the reality of most, a lot of businesses. We took that on and we were able, we remodeled the entire, that entire side before we, and so we could keep the store open. We figured out how we could remodel that side. And then at, when we were finished, cut the hole in the wall in between and combine the two. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We never closed the store. No. No. You, even during the remodel, you didn't close it? No. no. Not, it's like a single day. I don't think so. you're so. like smashing a wall while oh, yeah. <laughs> at night or something? Mm-hmm. You know, much. all the drilling. <laughs> yeah. We, we uh-huh. had everything done and we built a temporary wall 
so that we could cut the hole and finish out the, you know, the hole in between. And then we took the temporary wall down. Mm. Um, and then, you know, at the time we were housing inventory for the website in those two spaces. Mm -hmm. And then that got to be too much in the back. (laughs) And then that got, I mean, you couldn't even walk down to the, to the bathroom because there were so many boxes and clothes and, um, then we figured out we needed a warehouse space and we went out looking for that and found the warehouse space and got that up and running. And so I feel like it's, it's kind of one of those things where you don't notice changes when you see them every day mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it's, it's a slow growth. But then when you look back in hindsight, it's like, wow, okay, this we is, did that. Yeah. Oh my gosh, can you believe we did that? Right. <laughs> How, how big is the store now? The brick and mortar is, what, 24, 2,500 square feet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So in COVID, when like a third of small businesses shut down, y'all doubled Expanded. your, double yeah. your space, doubled launched space. this online thing, and then yeah. t- took off, which is incredible. It was, it was really fun. It was fun to watch the growth, but it was also really scary, too, because when you're buying, you know, you do all this work for that launch, right? Mm-hmm. So like you have this one piece of clothing. So like it'll probably take us like 10 to 15 minutes per item to shoot and for me to talk about, do a boomerang, do all the things, mm-hmm. you know. Um and so when those add up and then but that's just for me shooting the item, but that's mm-hmm. not, you know, entering the product, the description, all the other, you know, behind the scenes mm-hmm. things. Um but then for it to sell out. And then okay, so I only sold 6, so I only sold 12 well, who did I miss, you know, with all those followers and all the customers? I'm like, okay, well, so I need to start buying more. And that's what led to the warehouse was like, okay, we need to buy more to to sell more, right? To scale mm-hmm. it. And so that is- Which our, takes yeah. cash and capital and- Sure. And I mean, luckily, like we were at the, we were at a point in the business, like where it, it you know, it was always baby steps, you know? So like- it's always still scary though, you know? Um, but yeah, we made it to, we made it to the warehouse. And so I think one of my biggest challenges, cause I'm like, okay, so where do we go from here? Like what, how do we really scale this? And, um, I think it's just, it's just the inventory, you know, is just buying the right amount of something. Mm-hmm. And then what I think is going to go like gangbusters, you know, like I'm like, oh, this is like the coolest. Oh my gosh. It's going to sell out. So I buy a ton of it and then it's like falls so flat. Oh, really? That happens? Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, not a lot, but yeah. I Luckily, mean, more than you're pretty, I like you're it pretty too. good at picking the, the winners. Uh, yeah, yeah. But occasionally you they it doesn't, it right. doesn't resonate. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, it does. I mean, because I've got a little funky taste sometimes. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. But I love <laughs> like very like I love novelty items. So, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm not I'm traditional, but I like. I like the weird, like, Santa Claus outfits and, you know, like, sweaters <laughs> yeah. and, you know, like, I mean, I was born for, like, those. There's, like, a skeleton. Ugly. I was looking at your website last night. There's, like, a skeleton sequins. Oh, yeah. Sweater. Oh. Which may have not been my website because. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. Somebody stole. They stole our video. And They're stealing her content, and it's kind of crazy. People are stealing stealing your content. Yes. So last yesterday, like I went on and 
had a little TED talk about it because I'm seeing all these like sponsored ads and it's me. It's a video what? of mm-hmm. me. Like it's, other it's, boutiques or well, yes, another website. Another website. And I mean, it's always happened. Like there'll be other like there'll be other small boutiques that will use our photos and we'll send mm-hmm. them a kind message saying, Hey, these are our images. Please don't use them. You know, as a small business owner to another, I hope you understand that you will remove these, you know? Yeah. Um, and they are always so kind and they typically do it immediately. Um, but this is like next level. Like they're mm-hmm. using they're running ads. They are paid, paying for a paid ad, like Facebook ad, right? Mm-hmm. And it's me. It's a video. It's kind of got to be wild to see. It's like, so creepy. Yeah. I'm like. Well, then they took the image and altered it. So they're offering this sweatshirt in four colors that were not produced. And oh, so it's like a fake thing. It's a fake thing. Yeah, so it's and a they're, scam. It's a scam. Yeah. It's like a $300 sweatshirt that they're offering at $40. Right. Oh, and wow. so all these customers have been sending messages like, hey, this came across, but it's not you. It's like someone overseas or something. Totally, yes. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're in India, and, you know, we can't do anything about that, yeah. truly. You know, yeah. I mean, we, you know, report them, but, like, Facebook's like, Oh, we're getting paid for the ad, and yeah, so, like sorry. Okay, so, so one thing I want to talk about is is how big is your team now? That's what I wanted to ask too. Um, Wish we knew. Because <laughs> <No. laughs> all those steps you're describing, those are a lot of steps, and that means y'all are wearing a lot of hats. Yes, because because what people don't understand, I'm sure now you have a team. I'm sure you've delegated yes, some. Yes, of it. we probably have. I mean, we have a lot of part-time help, too, just to man the floor. So Mm -hmm. at any given time, I would say. Like retail associates and all-in. Yes, so probably 15 to 20. Okay. Yeah. But it's like to you are having to buy, do inventory, take photos, Mm -hmm. model the photos because you're the photographer and the model. Mm -hmm. Do your social media. Mm -hmm. Stock the store. Style the store. Still be in the store and greet customers because they want to talk to you and get your advice. Right. And you're doing doing accounting. You're you're Mm -hmm. doing bookkeeping. Like you're doing all these hats. Right. Right. What what is that? What is that like? And what have you since been able to like delegate? How did you? Because I'm sure like that that kind of growth that quickly i'm assuming there's there's also some periods of like i am so burnt out i don't have time because a yes to one thing a yes to this new social media is working now these launch days are working is right. a no to something else absolutely how do you juggle all that we Con- don't controlled <laughs> chaos i mean <laughs> i mean with between all of that and kids and family and you know all the things it it's it's a lot but we have I mean, a really great team, though, we truly. Do. I mean, uh, so we have 50 to 20 employees, but I would say, like, the core, uh, you know, our full-time employees, you know, that's what keeps us going. You know, mm-hmm. all, all those amazing. things. And, yeah, like, being able to delegate, you know, entering the invoices, unpacking the garments, steaming them, counting them, yada, yada, following up with the buying orders, those things are all delegated at this point. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. So packages come in and someone is inventorying and yes. organizing. And, and did Tyler's aunt, actually. Aunt. Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a family well, affair. Well, I was going to ask yeah. if, there, if you used a 3PL or if you all have, you do all your fulfillment in-house. Yes. But you all do, all, you do all your own in-house. fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How many how many packages are you shipping a week? A week? Yeah, I don't even know. A month. Um, 
Probably around 300 a week. <laughs> How does that even Somewhere work? Two, I would say 250 to 300 yeah. packages that you're labeling yeah. and over a thousand. Do you show up at the post office with that? Like, how does that work? They no, pick they up. Come to you. They come to you. Yeah. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't know these things. Uh, we used to. Uh huh. Oh yeah, we used yeah. to take them every day. Yeah. Uh, well, but um, no, they. To Jamie's point too, like as far as adding, because you're, um, obviously you have an amazing team who's able to do some of those things. But was there, at any point, sort of a, sometimes team members get added because there's, healthy forecasting and like, hey, when this comes down the pipe let's be ready for it let's go ahead and train someone now before it gets there and then there's other people where you're like a chicken running around with your head cut off and we're like and you're we have to find somebody to do this I cannot keep doing this did y'all did you ever have that kind of fork in the road moment when every day when we <laughs> opened the warehouse um I would say that we overhired. we mm-hmm. we hired a full-time customer service representative and a full-time shipping um person Mm -hmm. and i don't think there was enough work at the warehouse to have both of those positions Mm -hmm. um which they we no longer have both of them Mm -hmm. and we've all kind of stepped in to fill in the void in the meantime and now we can't find any of them and now we can't find anybody (laughs) it's either like it rains or you know it's like it's yeah yeah it's I th- we're I think we are we've hired somebody yeah. for shipping mm-hmm. um but we've all just kind of pitched in and and made it work in the meantime. Oh, y'all are all doing the shipping. Oh my gosh, the I, 300. I don't ship. Do, do yeah, you, as a, as no, a couple as a couple do you have clear defined roles and separation like Tyler you do this, I do this, we stay in our lanes, we don't cross the lanes. Yeah, for the most part, I would say so. Yeah, I mean Tyler does all like he really manages the warehouse. Like he makes he helps with all of the emails. Like oh, so my favorite part is like his name is also Tina. He goes by Tina. <laughs> <laughs> so, like online, if you yeah. ever reach out to customer service, I'm I'm Tina. Yeah, it's like hey girls, so sorry because, that because they out. feel safer. Yeah. So. It coming from a, a female. Yes, yeah. and, and kind that. of the way that they communicate. Jamie did that. He had a fake. Business manager. You had a fake booking agent at one a booking point. Booking agent. Yeah, way, way back in the day. Because I didn't want it to be like me. Yeah. Right. Call my agent. So, yeah. yeah. Tina. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, like, Nuvia is. Is my everything. COO. My COO. Like, if, mm-hmm. yeah, if she left, like, Hill House would crumble. <laughs> she. She's like, amazing. Don't leave. Yeah. Yeah. She knows every aspect of the business and how to do everything. Um, so she's been instrumental in filling in with customer service and helping run the warehouse. Um, but Keeping she's out of town track. right now. So I'm back to customer service no, for, Tina, the, for the next tech. week. If you message, if you message right now, you make it Tina. That's oh right. yeah, for sure. He tell her, I was like, how do these leggings fit? Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's like, do they run small or do they run big? Like Christina wants to know. You know? Oh, I'm like, gosh. well, okay. And are people emailing? Or is it like a chat? How's it work? They'll email. Yeah. They'll like email DM. like their measurements and be like, "What size do I need?" And you're responding to that. No yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have to get information from them because I don't yeah. know. But and, and Becca, what's what's your day in and day out job like? What are you doing now? So right now, all of my time is so consumed with modeling 
truly. And, just and the wearing, market, the marketing, and the market, stuff. yes, launching, like just taking photos for the launch. So, I would love to find some help there. Like it's just. Um, I feel like it's kind of like being a hairdresser where it's like, you know, like to be a hairdresser, like you can only be the one doing it to make the money. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really the face of the business. Yes. And I do. I love it. But I just wish that, you know, I mean, it's time consuming. We're we're shooting on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, most of the day into Thursday. And we launch on Thursday and I'm editing the photos. You're editing the photos. I do all my editing. I'm really picky. I do all of you're my You're editing, editing all your own photos? All of them, yes. And I'm, you're taking the photos, right, Tyler? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, and so all the videos, all the boomerang, I usually do the launch reel. So, you know, it's You're just, making your own reel. I'm making the own reel, yeah. And that's usually done on Wednesdays. Um, so it takes four days to uh, do yeah. these launches that you do every single week. Yeah. It takes four days. Four days. If she had it her way, she would be in the store more. Because mm-hmm. that's talking to people. I mean, that's what she really loves is being it. in the store and talking to the customers and connecting. And I think that's kind of the the hurdle that we have now is trying to figure out how mm-hmm. to balance these launches with what you'd really like to be doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And in order not to burn out too. Right. Because then if you're spending, you know, we, there's Jamie always says what there's there's some things at at my place of work he's like there's some things that only you can do and then there's some things that anybody can do mm-hmm. but how do you narrow it down to the things that only where you're doing more of the things that only you can do and not the things that anybody could do right and I feel like that's but that tension is so hard if well if you're me and you're like a control freak and you're like here and you care right. It seems it comes off as control, but I feel like it's passion too, yes. and care for how it they exter- how it faces externally, the brand, you know, the vibe. Yeah, it all has to, and you kind of have the vision for that. But it seems also, do you feel like you have time for bi- vision? Because you seem like you're a visionary, and you are thinking there's the next, there is a next thing. But I always find that I can't even if I'm so in the weeds, then I'm not dreaming about the future like your blazer says dream big do you feel like you have margin to dream big and is that something that you see yourself wanting to do more of so I would say I really I'm so inspired by going to market you know I love like when I go when I go to LA like I'm probably going to go to LA on Monday and I just can't wait I love it there's a probably probably (laughs) I know I'm like this just came up within the last 24 hours (laughs) I'm like I don't have enough goods, and then we're we're so busy. Like we, we love to we love to travel. We love like we love to be with our friends. We love to do dinners. We love to do we love to go and dance to live music. We love to, you know, go on vacation. We and so we we are like the yes team. Like you ask us, and it's yeah yeah sure we'll be there yeah. And then it's like okay well how do we make this work? <laughs> so I'm always up until you know one or two in the morning. Tyler's like falling asleep in the kid's bed, putting them to sleep at, you know, nine. He's waking up at five to go work out. I'm still snoozing. Um, it's just, it's not perfect. It's not great. It's actually really ugly at times, but it's like, that's just what we do. I don't know. It's just, I think that's just part, that's part of the grind is just like figuring out what doesn't work. And then just when you do find out what works, just, you know, holding on to that, you know, I would say 
the the best thing to do is like you have to find the right people to help you do, you know, like you don't have to be able to do it all. You have to find the right people mm. to help you do that. And that's just where our team comes in play, you know. And what have you learned about, I, I want to go back to like the juggling it all thing at some point, but in terms of people, you went from, it's just me. It's just yeah. me and, and Tyler to now I have 15 to 20 people I'm managing. Mm -hmm. What, what have you learned about leadership? Leadership is I'm, I'm managing these people. I'm leading them. What, what have you learned? Are there any things you, you learned, any mistakes you made or like lessons you learned or like this is, you know, part of the way I do this is here's, here's my strategy or, or philosophy or how I do that. What have you learned about leadership just as a whole? I would say as a whole, I think it's really important to be a servant leader, you know, okay. to really, to get your hands dirty too, to be there, to take out the trash, you know, to show like, like I'm not above taking out the trash. I'm not mm -hmm. above cleaning the toilets. Um, you know, just being there really selling on the floor, when I'm there and not selling, but just engaging with a customer, you know, and that's what I do miss about being at the store is just seeing my friends, seeing my customers. I mean, I would watch mm -hmm. their children grow up, you know, mm -hmm. um, but just really just showing our team how to engage and how to respond to emails. And, you know, Nuvia, our COO, she's, she always jokes. She's like, Becca would give the store away if she could, or if I let her. And it's so true. Like if something doesn't fit or if you return something like almost always, and I mean always, we will take it back. <laughs> Even if you wore it and you spilled red wine all over it and there's lots of sequins missing, like I'm going to take it back. <laughs> I mean, we're going to keep your money as a store credit, but you know, <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I would say a servant, yeah, just being a servant leader um, and hiring women and men that have the same core values, you know, just of like, just treating people really well. And just, I always tell our, our employees, like, just treat them how you would want to be treated. Like, would you go shop at that store again? If, if you weren't allowed to take it back or if the quality was poor or if there was a hole in it, like, mm -hmm. would you want to pay shipping? Like if it was a bad item that has a hole in it from the manufacturer and we didn't catch it, like, are you going to want to pay for shipping back? No. You know, like, yeah, just simple things like that. Yeah. But sometimes aren't so simple, you know? Right. <laughs> um, so go going back to the juggling at all. And they're yeah. like, do you, are there any like things you do that work well? Cause I mean, you're juggling these hats, y'all's relationship, y'all are both in the business and around each other. And then, you know, as entrepreneurs, having friendships can also be hard sometimes, like mm -hmm. trying to go to your kids' things. It's, it's, you, you can't do it all. Y'all are, you said you're yes people, but you can't, can't always say yes. Like right. how, what have you learned in that or any lessons as a couple or just in, in friendships? What, is it, what does that look like? I think our opposite personalities are huge in <laughs> making this all work. You totally. know, like she said, she's a night owl. I'm an early morning person. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as far as the family goes, like she does, she can stay up late and get her work done at night and I can get up early and go work out and get the kids ready and make lunches and, you know, it's yin and yang. I mean, mm -hmm. we're just mm -hmm. hiring the right people. Yes. And having great family. I mean, we are so lucky. Our family mm -hmm. is so involved. They're right down the street. They're in Arlington. So both of our parents are extremely involved oh, with yeah. our children. And that's the hardest part. It's awesome. like, 
you know, like you said earlier, like if you say yes to something, you're saying no Mm -hmm. to something else. And Mm -hmm. I think it's just, you know, figuring out what's worth saying yes to, Mm -hmm. you know, because something always sacrifices, you know, truly like, yeah. Yeah. Learning what to say yes to is, is a big part of it. Truly. Yeah. Which is hard. We both, we both get FOMO. If <laughs> Tyler has major FOMO. I have major FOMO. Oh, like really? You can't oh, yes. stand it. If, yeah. if my friends are doing something and I'm not there, it's uh-huh. it's difficult. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I would say y- y'all are still, again, because we, we go to, our kid, kids go to school together. So I see y'all are both dropping your, your son off at school almost every day. Tyler, you're, you're there probably every day. Becky, you're there most, you're the most yeah. days. But y'all are still like, we're present. We're with our kids. We're still taking them. Uh, we're still prioritizing family in a really big way. Yes, because it is, it's like, it breaks my heart because we do, we, we shoot at home now. So we used to shoot at the warehouse, um, but then it just, I was being, I was so distracted. There was just so many distractions. Hey, Becca, what about this? This happened with this customer, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, I can't do this and that and be distracted because I'm so ADD. I'm like, squirrel, squirrel. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, that's why Tyler's here to just like keep me on track here because uh-huh. like, I could go all over the board. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, what was I talking about? Um, <laughs> but no, so, I mean, it's heartbreaking when your children come home from school and, you know, the babysitter is there helping and we're trying to wrap up our shoot. And, you know, the kids are like crying at the door trying to come in. And it's like, it's okay, baby. I just have 40 more outfits to shoot. <laughs> you know, I'll be out in 12 hours. Like, it just, you know, it, it, that's hard you know, with the children, it's really, really hard. So we try to really be there in the mornings and at pickup. We can't, I can't always be there. You can't either at pickup, but, um, you know, I think, you know, being there for the baseball games and for dance class and, you know, just the things that they'll remember more, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's so, um, or maybe like a misnomer is that if you have any kind of help, um, that it's like mutually exclusive to being a good, faithful, present parent. And yes, I just don't think that's the case, or at least across the world. I'm like, people work, you know, in fields, like women work all day long and people work. And so, um, yeah, I think it's neat that you can prioritize your family, like Jamie was saying, and then also get help from grandparents and sitters and, house cleaners and to normalize that. And that's not a bad thing or a negative thing. And I think only like in our context is, is a family or a parent or even more so a mom supposed to do every single thing. Right. And, and be successful and look good. Right. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. But it's good. I mean, it's showing, it's showing our kids hard work, Mm -hmm. you know, like Bo will be like, well, daddy, why don't you do this? Or, you know, mommy, why can't you be here for that? And it's like, honey, like we have to do this so we can pay for your baseball. So we can pay for Mm -hmm. these things. So we can, you know, like this is, this is what mommy and daddy do, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's just, yeah. And you're shooting everything in your bathroom, right? Well, we move from the bathroom now to the pool room. You've upgraded to the (laughs) pool room. Yeah, we've upgraded (laughs) to the pool room. Why did we even go to the pool room? We were going there for something. And I was like, oh, over, it was for the scout guide shoot. And I was like, oh. Actually, this is a great spot. Look at this lighting. (laughs) Well, we've been remodeling our house for the past year and a half. So 
It's that room just, wasn't finished. Uh, no, it right. still isn't. But. Yeah. So up, upgraded from the bathroom. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just in, like I think I've seen some behind the scenes, you know. Yeah. Photo and there's like clothes everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. And the kids are running around and. Yeah, I mean it's a lot. It's taken it, taken over. I love that it's like in your house. It's all like, over the house. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, if if you were to give advice to your younger self. What would it be? To like my it, younger self. Yeah. Go go going back. If you could go back to like Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas or fresh out of Chicago. Chicago. You know, I'm gonna start this thing. What would you what do you what do you is there something you wish like you knowing did? what she knows now? Yeah, knowing what you know mm-hmm. now. Something you wish you did differently or something you would encourage yourself in. Gosh. I mean I truly don't know. I don't know if I would really, I don't know if I would do it differently. I, I think part of it was taking the baby steps, you know, the the Airstream to the 400 square feet, to mm-hmm. the corner store, to expanding, to the warehouse, to, mm-hmm. you know, it was all those baby steps that, that you know, brought us here. But, um, I mean, back in Chicago, back in college, I probably would have been a little bit more responsible. <laughs> I love to party. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that's definitely like a downfall. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm really grateful for every step. And I don't know. I don't know if if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But yeah, I don't know. I would say maybe just slow down a little bit and really be more present. Mm -hmm. And I notice that more with the children you know, looking at them and just looking back at pictures and them, you know, being babies, like, mm-hmm. you know, and then now I'm like, oh my gosh, like, you know, Mia's three and a half and she was born right before this really took off. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's good. That, uh, that, that's a, an appreciation too for the journey, I think is, is mm-hmm. good and, and slow down. So what, what, what about advice for someone? So you're, you're kind of everybody's aspirational fashion icon, but you're also probably a lot of, of women's entrepreneur aspirate, like for, for people that want yeah. to get into the fashion, boutique, mm-hmm. retail world, Yeah. what advice would you give there? I would say work in the industry. Okay, get Def- some experience first. Yes, get some experience under your belt. Um, what else would you say? I would say, yeah, definitely have experience. Um, yeah, do do. Your, I don't know, put in your, what does your mom always say? She your, says, dues. Yeah, your dues. Pay your dues. Pay your dues. You know, mm-hmm. like, pay your dues um, and show up and be there when you say you're going to be there. Um, I will say, like, at Hale House, when we had the 400 square feet, like, we were very, um, oh, it's like, oh, we're open from 10 to 5. And I'd show up at, like, 1045. And then we'd close <laughs> at, like, 430. And then I'd have, like, a really great customer come by and, one time she told me, she's like, Becca, if you're not going to be there at 10, you need to change your hours to 1030. Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you know, and so I was like, oh, my gosh, you know. So when I see other businesses like, oh, we're closing early today for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, nope, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. You got to be consistent, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah. Well, and I have a question, too. What would you say to somebody who was kind of in the position that you were in right before 2020 where maybe whatever their business is? especially if it's product based, but where they, you know, whether it's, they have a store, whatever they're selling and they're, they're kind of treating 
e-commerce and Instagram and some of that, maybe the way you did like, oh yeah, we'll definitely put a few things here and there online. And yeah, we should post about the new stuff, Mm -hmm. but maybe someone who's in that headspace, what would you say to them as far as bolstering them into the next phase of e-commerce for their business? I would say stay extremely consistent on your marketing efforts. The launches give our customers something to look forward to. They know what to expect from us, that they know there's going to be a launch every night at eight or every Thursday night at eight. That also helps with our team. Our team knows what their roles are during the week. Mm. So I really feel like a launch keeps everybody. It also helps the algorithm. Yes. People are coming back to check. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Stay consistent. Um, And I would say, yeah, come up with a collection. I really think that, you know, have something that they can count down for, you know, like something to look forward to. Um, I think that that's always, you know, keeps them excited and, you know, peaks. Right. Yeah. Keep Mm -hmm. them guessing, but also they need to know what to expect, you know. Um, And yeah, double down and go for it really, because that's what took us to the next level was investing in more clothing to sell. Because other than that, it's just a big waste of time. You know, you do all that for one product or six items that sell out and then you're, then what, you know, it's over. So your part of your success is is also having a lot of, a lot of product, a lot of inventory, maybe not inventory, but a lot of like things to market and sell to keep it fresh. Yes. Yes. So, but also like, instead of one thing that I've had to really tweak for myself mm-hmm. is, you know, not buying so much, like not buying broader, but buying deeper. And what do you mean by that? So, um, okay. Say I go to market and I find 20 things that I love. Mm-hmm. Okay. So like, then I try to narrow it down. I'm like, okay, what's my top 80%. And then I, I think, okay, here's that. And then I'm like, okay, now what are like my love, love, love pieces? And then that's where I buy really deep in. So instead of just buying two packs, three packs of something, then I will buy, you know, every colorway, six, eight. Well, sometimes, sometimes I just really go hard in that one. Okay. Um, And that way it has more shelf life on the website. Yeah. You know, because all this content. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the other thing. It's like, it's great that it sells out and that creates that urgency which I think there's like a real, like there's like a consumer behavior, you know, um, recipe towards that, like what sells out so quickly, you know, because our customer does, they think that like, oh my gosh, it's going to sell out. So that's why they go there. Like you need that urgency, Mm -hmm. but also like to be sustainable as a business, you have to have more of that product to keep selling or else like, there's a lot of wasted energy. You know what I mean? Like you're, yeah. you're miss. I'm missing sales if I don't buy more. Well, and mm-hmm. if if one customer continues to come back to the website and every time what they want is sold out, they're eventually going to be disappointed and they're be like, done. Okay, you know yeah. what? I'm just going to move on. Mm-hmm. Or they're going to be bored if it's the same thing. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. But it's tricky because she just told us that she's spending four days a week creating content. Yeah. And so it's that weird, like you said, that, that recipe where it has to, you know, it's like baking where it literally has to be right for it to rise. And for you, I feel like you're probably always having to figure out that, okay, the ROI on my time of, I just shot this beautiful blazer right. for however long, but I only have this many, but if they sell out too fast, mm-hmm. 
you know, the, now I have this content that I spent all this time creating that waste. sort of expires. Yeah. But if I buy too much. Then and, you have warehouse sales. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's okay. I think it's okay. But do you kind of like that dance of figuring it out and keeping that pulse? I do. I really do. I mean, I think that's kind of the excitement of it. And mm -hmm. luckily the way, you know, for us, for buying, you know, it's, it's easy. It's easily um, manipulated because we can go to market. like, there's so many markets now it's every six weeks. So mm -hmm. if I only buy like 18 to 24 items of that, then like, and if it's selling out too fast then I go with 36 or 48. So it's just kind of, yeah, it's, it's, if I buy too much, it's, it's okay. And then if I don't buy enough, it's also okay. But it's finding that perfect, it's that sweet spot, you know? Mm -hmm. How often are you looking at the numbers? Like how, cause, because what, what we haven't talked about is like, you know, you were like, we didn't have to borrow money from the bank. We have enough money to buy inventory. Like y'all right. have done something right financially because mm -hmm. as a small business, every bit has the ebbs and flows. And, right, right. And my assumption is, cause, cause you rattled this off and I was, I wrote it down. Um, uh, shoot. You said something per square footage, merch. Oh yeah. Per, my margin. Margin per, my margin square, per footage. square footage. Yes. So I mean like, I don't even know what that means. Maybe you can unpack what that means, but I'm assuming you're looking at your numbers a lot. Yes. What is, what is your, that process? Like, what do you look for? What did you learn about that? What, is, what are, what advice would you give there? I would say, I don't know. I really don't know. What would you say? I mean, usually when we're looking at numbers, we're comparing a certain time period to right. last year's performance. Right. And, you know, whether that's year to date or month just to date. month to date or quarter, mm -hmm. we're always looking at it against last year to see, like, mm -hmm. is there growth? Is, you know, what what are we doing differently? Um, what's the store? Because now they're separate inventories. So what's the store doing versus the website? That was, that was a whole nother thing, separating mm -hmm. inventories because mm. that was a fun learning experience. Online, something that someone just sold to somebody in store. Yes. <laughs> right. You oh, actually yeah. sold the same product to two people. Oh, that happens. Not that I know Wait, about that. Yeah. That happened Hypothetically. a lot. That happened a lot. And so we finally had to separate the inventories. Um, but the margin per square footage. So, Fast fashion is a very high margin, you know, business. So um, I, the investment isn't as great. I don't know. When you're looking at when you're looking at your footprint of your store, right? Um, if you're buying bulky items that take up a lot of space, couch, yes, but may have a smaller margin where you could fill that space with dresses that are a higher margin. That's kind of what you're. So, okay. Like cocktail napkins for an example. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like cocktail napkins take up a ton of space. They do. Mm -hmm. And you know, really? Oh, yeah, I know. Well, but and then, like, like greeting cards, just things that you don't think. Yes. Yes. Like you greeting, wall, yeah. But... And there's really not a lot of margin in greeting cards mm -hmm. or uh, cocktail napkins. And I've tried out them both truly because then I mean, what do you do with like 12, like you have 12 of them and then they just like, they fall all over the ground and like, you might be only making two bucks mm -hmm. each napkin times 12. Like that's not going to pay anybody. That's not going to pay your rent. Mm -hmm. But then when you have a dress that, you know, it just, when the, you know, instead of making, I don't know, I don't really want to get two numbers driven, but like. Let's say it's 
or 40% or something. Or yeah. 60% Yes, Yeah. Like in retail. Yeah. So, like, then you have, like, yeah, 60 to 80%. I mean, jewelry is great. And it so, hangs on a hanger, so it's not taking up that much space. Exactly. Right. So, okay. like, I can sell one dress, and, you know, it takes up way less space, and it makes, you know, 100 times more than a cocktail napkin. Mm-hmm. And I think once okay. you realize that, and that's where, that's why I have a buying consultant, is because I love the cocktail napkins. I love those real cheeky, you mm-hmm. know, naughty greeting cards, you know, that, <laughs> that say the F word. And, you know, I'm like, oh, that's hilarious. But it is part of the business, right? Like, because it's that experience when you walk into a store and, like, when you get that good belly gut laugh, you know, it's like, yeah. it's so funny. And you're like, oh, she just read that. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, like, that's part of that in-store experience that doesn't necessarily translate yeah. online. Um, anyway, I don't know where, know where I was going yes. with that. Oh, but it's focusing on, um, you know, what drives your business, but also what drives me. And driving me are, you know, is going to market, is going to the gift boutiques or the gift shows and seeing the new product and the Christmas ornaments. And those it kind of sounds like that's your favorite thing. It is. Is the buying and the curating and the searching. Yes. Sort of your, the Sounds like that. That's what you light up about them, and you you also seem like you're very like science. You have you have a down to a art and a science. Yes. Um, what is what's what is next for you guys? Like, is it is is there is there an is it, is it just we're just growing the brand? Like, is there a next or what, what's sort of on the horizon? Or is Real it just we're just store? A, nah. Are you serious? <laughs> we would love to. Um, oh, I know. Come on, dude. We you got I, anybody that can work it? <laughs> that that's the problem right now. We we would have to delegate some of the photo shoot marketing things to allow ourselves time to invest in anything else. I would start taking Tyler's pictures. Wouldn't that be great? <laughs> Like, all right, now turn this way. Okay, now do this yeah. dance. Yeah, another do this boomerang. Little, do this little shimmy. Uh-huh. So that's uh-huh. sort of a future dream. I mean, yeah. I would say. That's fun. Yeah. I think it'd be so much fun to have, I don't know, just a, like a men's store or a tween store. Um, but, you know. We've, we've seriously talked about it. It's just where we are right now. We're maxed. We're maxed out. Yeah. So we can't spend three to four days a week on launches and open yeah. a new business at the same time and yeah. the family and everything else. So we we have to uh, do a little bit more hiring, I think, before we're ready to start a new endeavor. And what you're doing is working. It's working right now, too. Mm-hmm. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Yeah. I don't, Yeah. But, I mean, next, I would love to just, I would love to find, like, a bottle that could, you know, just help me, you know? Yeah. Like just take some of the load off. Just take a little bit of the mm-hmm. load off, you know? Yeah. Because you can never step away from that because people, people want. She right. can a little. You can't, you can't yeah. but, 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 like, yeah. completely is what I mean. But, right, oh, yeah, right. not completely. Yeah. Not com- no. Yeah. But if you had an apprentice, they you could show them kind of how you talk about pieces and what you do and how you move and yes. the songs you play to get you to shimmy across the floor. Yeah, exactly. Things. I know. I know. If you're listening and you're... <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, if you are, hello. Yes. My number is. A super cutie girl who wants to model so, Hill so, House. so right now you got your hands hands full. Hands are full. Hands hands are full. We got some dreams made about a tweens and a men's store and a mm-hmm. model. If you, if you're a model listening to this, yeah. <laughs> call me. you. Yeah. DM me. <laughs> Um, any, were there any like books or resources that were really helpful or podcasts or like, I read this and it was super helpful. Like, again, I'm thinking, thinking for someone that wants to, to own a boutique that loves retail. Was there any podcast or books or resources or, you yeah. know, I hired this consultant Any, any anything right. like that that you would share? Yeah, sure. So I would say, um, Ashley with the boutique hub has been extremely helpful and the I boutique just, hub. yes, it's called the boutique hub. Um, do you follow her or mm-hmm. listen to her? Mm-hmm. She's phenomenal. It just yeah. the, the real practical. Yes. Tactical. Yes. And I've been listening to her for years and years and years. And I mean, she has interviewed some of the biggest brands out there and like boutique owners and uh, listening to their, you know, ups and downs has just been super helpful. Um, I work a lot with uh, Josh and Tara from Manifest Mindset, you know, Josh or... or Josh Orr? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Retail Josh. Retail Josh. Yeah. I yeah. love that. I, went to, I grew up with Josh. super helpful. Yeah. He actually, he was really huge in helping us change over our point of sale inventory, which he doesn't no longer do. Um, and then he really helped us right after COVID with our website. And mm. he does like this incredible training and like, like rebrand, like he would rebrand it. I mean, it's like all of the things. Um, it's that's so cool. It here. is. Yeah, no, he's completely encompassing. Um, and then Tara Austin, who owns um, Ruthie Grace, she goes in with Josh. They they do it together and they do like this manifest. And it's this three day, you know, just boutiques that come together. And, you know, yeah. they talk It's like a retail intensive. Yes mini little conference summit type of thing. Yeah, exactly. And Ashley does the same thing, same thing too. Um, uh, like a retail boot camp, if you mm. will. So I, I mean, I love like a good hype me up, like a good inspirational, like, woo. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. Tony Robbins, like clapping mm. your hands. Like <laughs> yeah. I, that would be like my space, yeah. you know, like I love it. Um, I really don't read a lot. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm like, oh, I didn't know that word. Nope, nope, not me. Like, no, but yeah. but that's funny because we yeah. went to a a book a book club thing together. Oh yeah, and we she had to bring a book, and she was like, I heard it's amazing. I, I heard it's great. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Mel, do you have any questions? I've I've kind of been. I'm like, she doesn't have time to read books. She's shooting yeah, content yeah, all yeah, day. Yeah, you're up till midnight. I got yeah. an email from you last night at like 12:30. I know. It's like, here's my bio. <laughs> I, I was asleep four hours before that. I know. Ugh, I know. We're just yeah. It's crazy town. Well, it's it is super impressive. It's been really fun mm. fun to watch from like the tiny little store on on Montgomery to, to where it is today. Thank so quick, you. I'm going to wrap it up just okay. with a couple like rapid questions. Okay. Fire round. Mm-hmm. Fire round. All right. Here we go. Uh, and then you can jump in if you, if you have any. Um, favorite place to shop other than Hale House? First thing that comes to mind, Neiman Marcus. Neiman Marcus. <laughs> okay. Favorite boutique other than Hale House? Like doesn't have to be in Fort Worth. Like your favorite boutique you've ever, you've ever been in. Um, Cotton Island and Vintage Charm. Where's Vintage Charm? In Chicago. Oh, is that, that, and that's where you worked? Yes. Okay, so you worked the, your two favorite... Yes, yeah. Two favorite spots. Um, favorite date night restaurant? Restaurant. 
Um, I can tell you like favorite after party. Okay. Yeah. Give us that. White elephant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we love Maria's. Yeah, Maria's. Uh, I don't know. We don't, <laughs> yeah, I mean, we don't get it. We've been there Jamie. once and yeah. he's like, it's our favorite. <laughs> I so. love Maria's. Joe uh, We love Joe We love Joe yeah. We don't really go. We, we don't get, get out much. We don't get out much <laughs> yeah. on a ton of date nights. It's usually like yeah. if we're getting a sitter, it's because we have an event mm-hmm. or, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And y'all, y'all are music people. Love music. Yeah. And, and y'all go dancing and go hear music. Mm-hmm. Favorite, favorite artist to see or you've or that you've seen? Josh Weathers. Josh Weathers. We love Josh. He's been on the podcast. We love yeah. Him. I love Josh Weathers. Like we were actually listening to him. When we woke up this morning, I was like, all right, we got to get some, we got to get some life in this house. Like, <laughs> we, were, we were going to meet the pole, you know, at school today. And I was like, all right, we got to get some, you know, yeah. We just turn on Josh and ready to rock. It. I love it. I love it. Well, guys, y'all are awesome. Thanks for being on here. Thank Tyler, you I'm glad you, you joined us. Yes. Thanks oh for gosh. allowing me to join. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, just the brand you have built and the way that you've done it. And is, 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 is really cool. It's, in, it's inspirational. It's neat. I, like, and you know, it's working like even, e- like even dropping off the kids to school, I'll hear like moms talking about, did you see the outfit that came oh out? Gosh. Like when you hear the no word. No way. You're making that <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah. Oh, for up. sure. That's so for kind. sure. For sure. Uh, well, um, thank y'all for having us truly. It's y'all are just the A team. Are you kidding? Uh, well, well yeah. we love you guys. And I love hearing the backstory. And I'm glad that Tyler is here. Cause I think it's cool it kind of adds like that color and nuance to y'all's story and how you've really built it together, which is unique and rare, but also really cool to watch. Yeah, the fact that y'all have supported each other the way yeah. that you have, and and even just the way your families have. I think there's there's a common thread in a lot of these conversations where where people that have chased their dreams have had parents and family that have supported and encouraged them to do that. Yeah, and I know we we have kids that are similar ages. It's like it makes me th- like want to do that for my children chase your dreams you know absolutely so, but yeah. you guys y'all's y'all's relationship is really neat the way you support each other thank um, you i couldn't do it without tyler awesome ever <laughs> all right well thanks guys that's oh, a wrap thank you thank you thank you Congratulations, you made it all the way to the end. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Stories with Soul. If you enjoyed the interview and like what you heard, please help us out and share, subscribe, and like anywhere you listen to podcasts. When you share and subscribe, it is insanely helpful and allows us to keep producing new episodes. You can always join us directly in the studio by watching the video version on our website, 6thavstorytelling.com. Stories with Soul is brought to you by 6 Ave Storytelling, an organic marketing company building standout brands on the foundation of story. You're obsessed with your business and we want to make the world obsessed with it too. Thanks for listening.